You're listening to episode 157 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark Darrow. It is so good to have you all here with us, and I am joined by Mr. Jonathan Haves. Jonathan, we already lost Brad already. He's you know, not even here. I mean, I think, What is happening? I think we should entitle this episode, Brad's Gone Again. What is going on with Brad? You know, I mean, he just, he's hes outgrown us. He's too good for he's us He's moved now. on. He, you know, I mean, I think he just thinks he's the busiest of us all and can't, can't spend, no, no, we're just kidding. He, uh, he as we've talked about many, many times uh, on the show, he is uh, doing a master's in clinical mental health, and he is in his last semester, folks, finishing it up, and he's got a huge test this week, so supposedly he needs to study for that or something. I guess so. So doesn't have time for the podcast, but we are here like we have been for the last three months with or without Bradford Brown, and we're here to bring you all the things you've come to know, love, and enjoy. Things like JM's Album of the Week. JM's Album of the Metallica. Can I say this is the one time I knew in advance what the album of the week was going to be? Jonathan knew already. (laughs) 72 Seasons is out as of April 14th. Metallica, the biggest heavy metal band of all time, 40 years into their career. These men are almost 60 years old, and here they are putting out a brand new record that is really good. It's fantastic. And you can't say that a lot about bands that are 40 years into their careers, so 72 seasons. Some speed metal here at the beginning. That's right. If you weren't awake already, if you like to listen to this (laughs) podcast on your morning drive, well, you're awake now. Uh, I love this record. I listened to it all the way through on my way home from Atlanta last week. I was doing a little session work out there with some friends of mine. Drove home, listened to the whole thing in its entirety. It is 12 tracks, a blistering 12 tracks, mind you, uh, timing in at 1 hour and 17 minutes of music, nearly 80 minutes of music, 12 songs. Still still putting all the modern acts to shame. Modern acts like... I feel like albums now are like 30 minutes long. Right, right. Those those bands should feel disgraced right now <laughs> that these 60-year-olds can outpace the 25-year-olds that release indie music. No, this, this is a great record. I'm a huge fan of Metallica. If you've ever talked to me before, you've probably found that out. Uh, I love this band. I have for a long time. Grew up listening to them. Uh, they just they mean a lot to me personally, and seeing them still putting out music and it still being decent and uh, not phoned in, you know, there's just not a lot of bands. You look at the Aerosmiths of the world, the Rolling Stones. Uh, I'm trying to think of You're some other controversy. The Journeys, uh, any band that's been around for a long time, at some point, even you too, even you too is guilty of it. They will put out music that uh, is just not that great. And we're, we're getting angry. We're getting angry emails now. I can and, hear it. And Metallica is one of the few acts that have been around 
40 plus years that are still putting out great music. And so I commend them for that. They're about to embark on a world tour. Uh, I really want to see them. I've seen them twice live. I really want to see them on this tour because they are doing two stops in each city and each set list is a unique set list uh, of its own for that weekend. So you can go see them twice in one weekend and see uh, two totally different set lists. How, how close are they coming to Birmingham? Like Chicago or something like oh, that. Oh, that's the closest. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're not even coming to Atlanta or Nashville. Um, they're doing like basically only huge markets. Right. And they're doing very few, very yeah. few shows. And they're and the shows are very spread out between this year and next year. Uh, well, I mean, they're in their 60s. <laughs> they're in their 60s. They, they don't tour the same like they used to tour, and I don't blame them. They all have families. They have kids. Grandkids. Uh, they, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have kids that are – that are touring in their own bands now. Um, so, uh, yeah, Metallica, Seven Two Seasons. I love the record. There's some good lyrics here. You know, look, not every song's perfect. Not every song is going to be my favorite of theirs, but I, I still, I still stick to the fact that they're putting out good music at the age uh, that they're at. So, Seventy Two Seasons is out. Check it out now, Metallica. Yep, that's it. Well, John Mark, I was all prepared to put my segment to rest this week. And, I know, I and was to too. resurrect the book club. I was just going to hand it off, but Bradford's not here, so we get at least one more week of happening in the ham. Here we go. All right. Well, on happening in the ham, we like to bring you a wide variety of cultural experiences in Birmingham, Alabama. So, John Mark, have you ever been to an indie car race? Like, no. Like drag race. Well, you can because April the 28th through the 30th at the Barber Motorsportsway right here, very close to Birmingham. It's, it, is that technically Leeds? Is that Leeds? It is. Yeah. Um, we have the Children's of Alabama Indie Grand Prix. Uh, featuring if you're if you're an indie car person, featuring the NTT Indie Car Series. I have no idea what any of that means. I know this is one of the lead-in races for the Indianapolis 500. So you can go and check this out. It's happening over the weekend. And and, and here's the thing: like this is kind of a two-in-one deal right here. If you've never been to Barber Motorsports, uh, you should go out there just to go to the museum. Like I don't care if you like it's it's. It's a motorcycle museum, really, at the end of the day. I mean, there's some cars and stuff, but right. it, it is a motorcycle museum. Right. And I believe, I think it's the world's largest private collection. Yeah, I think you're right. Of motorcycles. Right here and in even, Birmingham. Even if you don't care about motorcycles, vehicles, like that doesn't do it for you at all. The museum is worth seeing once because mm -hmm. it is just crazy impressive really cool to walk through and if you love motorcycles and things like that it'll make you cry so go check out the museum go check out the race children's of alabama indy grand prix tickets are available now that's happening april 28th through the 30th lots of culture right here in birmingham alabama absolutely so that's what's happening in the ham <laughs> Hey, 
Now, real quick, before we move on uh, to our interview today, there's actually something happening happening at Shades Valley Community Church this Sunday. That Would you like correct. to talk about that? Sure. So every now and then, we like to do what we call a picnic in the park, which basically means after Sunday morning service, we hop across the street to Patriot Park right here in our neighborhood, and we all bring our lunch. People bring, uh, like, camping chairs or blankets or whatever. We spread out we we just hang out have a picnic in the park the name is pretty self-explanatory uh but people will bring you know uh wiffle ball uh, uh cornhole yeah, yeah frisbees, frisbees yeah. All, all your normal kind of yard games and we just hang out and have a really good time and we try to do it uh typically in april because this is usually when we're getting some of our best weather uh in alabama so hopefully no rain if there is rain uh then we will either bump it a week or we'll just have it here inside uh, which, you know, is not as fun, but still, hopefully good weather for Sunday, plan to stay, and, and people will either pack their lunch and bring it, or some people will run to a uh, local restaurant and grab some lunch, but you don't have to do either of those things this Sunday because uh, we have a mission team headed to Poland this summer, That's and right. so as a fundraiser, they are making lunches. And you can buy your lunch just straight from them, get your lunch without having to run to a restaurant, and support uh, our Poland mission team. And I believe you can pre-order that lunch. Do we want to drop a link to that in the show notes, or do people... It's in the email. I know it's in the weekly email you just sent out. I just sent out in the weekly email. Park Stall Cup also sent a grace vine. If you're on the realm, you can see that there. I will drop a link in the show notes if I remember when I'm <laughs> editing this podcast. Uh, that would be great. It, it makes things easy. You know, you just you're we we finish up the service on Sunday morning. You go pick up your lunch. Yeah. Walk well, over to the park. It's fantastic. It ensures that they have enough food because they have a better idea. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And it helps them be more accurate in their preps so they can also maximize uh, how much money is actually going towards uh, the mission trip. They don't buy a lot of extra, you know, that way. And right now the weather is looking perfect, Jonathan, for yes. Sunday with a high of 60 and a low of 41. Oh, so it's right goodness. in that sweet spot where it'll be sunny, so it'll probably be warm enough, you know, for a short sleeve, but you could probably still be comfortable in a in a light, long sleeve. It's just yeah. uh, it's just amazing. Well, the it's park, you know, like, so we go gather around this huge oak tree, so if right. it's too hot, you can be in the shade, uh, yep. but, I mean, there's tons of open space, and 60 degrees, while that may sound chilly to our southern natives here, Honestly, when you're in the sun, we, yeah. we learned this doing a oh, couple yeah. of outdoor services. Yeah. That if it's like 60 and you're sitting for an extended period of mm-hmm. time in the direct sun, that's actually right where you want it to yeah. be. Yeah, you can get yeah. some good sun for yeah. sure uh, yeah. if you sit out there long enough. One other thing I wanted to mention, and this is more time sensitive, so depending on when you listen to this, you will not be able to attend. We have a worship night tomorrow night, Wednesday, April 19th at 6.30 p.m. in the sanctuary. Everyone's invited. If you don't know what a worship night is, we basically just gather together in the sanctuary at nighttime. It's worship night. It's in the title. And we worship. (laughs) We worship uh, God. We worship the Lord, our King. And we do that through song. We do it through prayer. We do it through reading of scripture. It's a beautiful time that we get to share together in community and fellowship with one another, pray, worship together. And uh, I I would love to see as many people out here as possible. We we did this back... uh, 
kind of the beginning of March and had a great turnout. And uh, Jeff and Park Stallcup are obviously heavily involved as uh, they would normally meet for prayer on Wednesday nights, but they're going to move their prayer group uh, down into the sanctuary uh, tomorrow night for that. And youth will also be meeting with right. us well. It's, it's going to be an awesome time. You can bring your own dinner if you'd like to hang out beforehand in the foyer and eat at 6 p.m. I'll have some tables set up for everybody. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful night. So make sure to try to uh, make it out, even if it's just for a little bit. You don't have to stay the whole time. Right, you know, come right. for 30 minutes. Come for an hour. It, it's a beautiful time of worship, and hopefully you'll leave encouraged. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I was actually just thinking about the fact that uh, all of the – like we name things really explicitly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Picnic in the park. Yeah, worship it's in the not. name. <laughs> it's in the name, John. Our, our most confusing names are the things we didn't get to name. So like the realm, like what right. is that? Like <laughs> what is happening with that? It sounds we, we didn't get to name that. It sounds like uh, like World of Warcraft, right? Or right, like we're all like, playing. What are we, an what are we doing? Game. Is this an RPG game that yeah. we're all playing together? No, it's not. We have to tell everybody it's it's like Facebook for your church. Right, that's what the realm is. Anyway, let's move along to we have a great interview for you today that actually we can blame on Bradford Brown. Um, <laughs> we we are going to be interviewing um, uh, our very own Shay Wall. As, where, as well as her uh, co-worker, Chris, from uh, Designs for Hope. Yeah. Uh, they actually were interviewed probably a year ago yeah. uh, for Shades it's Midweek. It's been a while. But uh, Brad did it solo and lost the interview. Yeah. Well, in fact, I believe what happened was I set up everything for him as I do of and course. laid it out in a straightforward way, gave him all the directions and oh, instructions on how 100%. to properly record. He didn't have to edit it. I was going to edit it and post yeah. it later. All he had to do was hit record. Press well, he accidentally hit some other button, <laughs> and that ended up only recording one track which happened to not be any of the mics that they were talking into the whole time. So he could see on the computer that it was that the doing something. that it was doing something, but it was really not recording what anything. What are we gonna do with it? So that's what happened with that. So one could make the argument we chose to re record this without him here on purpose. Right. Well, yeah. we didn't want to make sure that he would mess it up again. So anyway, <laughs> all jokes aside, we really hope that you enjoy this interview. Shay leads our global mission team here. That's right. Um, and she works for this mission organization, which we also help to support. It's it's one of the organizations that Shades helps to support. And so I really hope you uh, enjoy learning more about Designs for Hope. We are really excited on this week's episode of Shades Midweek to bring to you a long-lost interview due to Bradford Brown's bumbling mistakes. Uh, we have in the house uh, Designs for Hope. We have the one and only Shay Wall and also Bond, Chris Bond. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, welcome. We're so glad that y'all can be here. Now, Shay, we've done a meet a member with you. Yeah. Everybody yes. knows who you are. They do. So we're just going to jump right over you. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Chris. What's let's, up? Let's start with you, man. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, and let's lead into uh, how Designs for Hope kind of started. Awesome. Um, so Bond, Chris Bond, I am... <laughs> A husband of one wife. You have to say that in Africa and in India. That way, they know that um, you have Christian beliefs and and um, 
in, in that. And so I have five children, ages almost 21 to almost seven. So 20 can, to six. Can I just six. say that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's amazing. Five children is just. Yes. Wait, don't you have five someone, children? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mechanical engineer by, um, by schooling and international missionary now. Uh, living in the Birmingham metro and flying around the world. Mm. So that's about enough of sure. who I am. <laughs> <laughs> so mechanical engineer. Yes. Also a Christian. These two things kind of meet, and out of that comes Designs for Hope. Tell us a little bit about Designs for Hope, like how it started and what its purpose and Absolutely. vision and all that is. So um, way back uh, when I was an engineer doing research and development, uh, making a lot of money for the company and uh, kind of had a crisis of faith of, is this all there is to life? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at that time, God spoke to me about international missions. I knew that missions was going to be a big part of my life. And I was ready to move to a hut somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Uh, my wife, not so much. <laughs> and still not to this day. She she would never do that. Um, but... Um, so I wrestled, like, what, is, what does life look like? I, I felt like I love engineering. I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I don't want to give that up if this is something that God has given me ability to do. Um, but I was willing. I was willing to go and, and uh, share Jesus to the ends of the earth. And so wrestling between the two, which way, I thought they, they were mutually exclusive until one day God just said, hey, put your hands together. And, and that, was, that was the start of the desire to use the skills and talents that God has gifted uh, to use for his glory and his purpose and communicating the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so Designs for Hope uh, was established in 2011, um, where we started um, with uh, using a bicycle to generate electrical power that pastors who were riding their bikes for um, for many, many miles a day, could, could charge a battery, take it home, uh, use it for lights, use it for cell phones, um, use it as tools for uh, their church and for their own personal uh, ministry and life. And uh, we evolved from there. Just, just a desire to, to just say yes to God, not knowing what that looked like, um, but, but just wanting to, to follow His way. And so here we are today, still doing what He has called us to do. That's awesome. So you brought together like designing things from a mechanical engineering That's right. uh, perspective and designed things specifically for applications in all sorts of areas around the world uh, that could serve a multitude of functions, like could provide some really practical help mm-hmm. uh, for pastors. But like I, I know, so the first way I encountered Designs for Hope was, uh, you know, well, through Shay. And we had a community group at the time that I was leading, and we did this uh, solar cube project, mm-hmm. which was one of the designs that y'all put together, uh, which was, that's uh, what it is in the name, it's a cube uh, that charges a battery through solar power. Uh, but y'all explained how this not only has a, a functional practical tool, but it becomes an evangelistic tool as well mm-hmm. in rural communities because a pastor can use this, for instance, to provide uh, a source for people to come and charge their cell phones. That's right. And it provides a opportunity for relationship building through that and the sharing of the gospel and things of that nature. A lot of our focus is hard to reach and unreach people groups. Right. And, 
if uh, if you're going to evangelize a, a community who's contrary to the gospel, mm. uh, it, you have to start with a relationship. Yeah. And what better way than to sit down and, um, and share a conversation over a charging of a cell phone? Mm. They, they would typically have to walk uh, several kilometers to the nearest town, and they, they're charged about 25 cents to charge a cell phone. And if they're making one to two dollars per day as a general laborer right uh, that's that's a significant amount of money and so a pastor uh, has a captive audience for an hour or so <laughs> of just building it's, that relationship dream. over <laughs> and <laughs> over in order to have a chance to communicate why he does it mm. so uh, we everything that we do is to communicate the gospel we're not a humanitarian organization we are a, a Christian ministry. Mm focused on knowing God deeper, to equipping the church internationally, and, uh, and to sharing the love of Jesus both practically and, uh, and, and in truth. And so everything that we do is geared towards making, making Jesus known around the world. That's awesome. So what is your specific role at Anchored Hope? Um, you, got, you got a cool title? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I am the executive director. Wow. Oh. How about that? That's uh, that's essentially um, I manage the organization. Right. Um, I bring really cool and talented people on, like Shay. Uh, give them some direction and let them go and to do the work that uh, we feel like God is leading us to do. That's awesome. I also clean the bathrooms. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned. Uh, I taught uh, taught a, a youth um, Bible study this morning about servant leadership and. Um, so I try, I try not to lead um, by top down, but I, I try to lead as a servant. But I, I think Shay's nodding her head in agreement. But we'll, we'll see what she actually says. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Um, well, Shay, tell us a little bit about how you first learned about mm-hmm. Designs for Hope before you tell us what it is you do with Designs for Hope. So I've shared this before, so I'll just kind of summarize, but basically Designs for Hope reached out to us as a church. They wanted to do work in Haiti, um, and they found out that we were supporting a a missionary there. And so Ben, who is our administrative, I don't know its title exactly, but... Community coordinator. Community coordinator, there it is. Um, He emailed me since I'm uh, over the global missions team and just said, could we come talk to your missions team about possibly partnering with you guys in Haiti? And so they did. And I was about, I had just graduated. Mm -hmm. Like it was within six weeks of me graduating seminary. And, and I knew I wanted to do pastor training, but I didn't know of any ministry in Birmingham that was doing anything like that. And so when they came to talk to us about that, and, and I think initially we were talking about possibly a water project or maybe solar, just kind of depending on what the needs were. Right. And so I was thinking, especially with the name Designs for Hope and knowing what they did, but then they came to the meeting and they're sharing everything. And then Chris starts talking about pastor training at some point. And I was like, wait, what? You do pastor training? And so he said, yeah, that, you know, like his heart, like he just shared is, is to help um, pastors reach their community with the gospel. And so when he would say, what else can we do to help you? One of the things that he said kept coming up over and over again was pastor training. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so anyway, long story short, I ended up going to work for them to help with that. So, yeah. 
What year did yeah. you officially start? 2020. So I, <laughs> I we nothing else was happening that right. Year. Well, <laughs> I we were meeting in February, talking about all the trips we were gonna do and all the work we were gonna do and all the things. I got my passport updated. Like right, we were right. ready, and then you know March is like, <laughs> never mind. We're not doing any of that. But at the same time, like there was a curriculum, a pastor training curriculum that I was. We were trying to edit and kind of um, just just make it more applicable to what to what our pastors needed in Africa and so it was one that they had tried and it just it wasn't it wasn't translating great and so and so it gave me time to do that so it ended up actually being a blessing like because I I, we worked on it for over two years before it was done and so it ended up being fine yeah so this is probably a good time for you to talk about what your specific role mm-hmm. is at Designs for Hope, because obviously it has to do with pastor training. It does. So technically, pastor training coordinator, I think, is the is the title. And so, I mean, it's different depending on where or what's going on. But I, what I've mostly done has been with African pastors. So we worked on Okai and I, who was a Beeson student. Him and I edited um, that pastor training curriculum for a couple of years. And so we did that for a long time. And then we had a class in Kenya who who started taking those classes and so they did that for I think they did it in 12 months and so we went to Kenya this past August and got to meet them and be there for their graduation and all of that which was amazing Um, and now we have another class that's starting and so um, and so a lot of it has been revolved around kind of getting that off the ground Um, and then yeah so part of part of the the vision of bringing Shay on um, we we started hearing news that in East Africa that uh, in order to uh, keep being a pastor, you'd have to have a, a certified degree of mm-hmm. some sort in mm-hmm. theological training in order to, to to keep that to keep that role. Mm-hmm. And um, and if we knew that was coming, mm-hmm. we wanted to get ahead of that. Right. And um, as we began looking at curriculum, we found something from. Um, Birmingham Theological Seminary here mm-hmm. in town yeah. that they offered a an accredited certificate in biblical studies mm. uh, to international pastors and um, the curriculum I thought needed a little bit of, of help in order to sure. to teach the way that we thought our, our pastors needed teaching mm-hmm. and and I didn't have time for that and uh, we didn't have <laughs> the resources in in house to do that and and um, by God's sovereignty, mm-hmm. he brought Shay in at the right time. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How long is that training program? Did you say 12 months? Um, well, it's it actually needs to be a little longer. The class is doing it now. They're going to stretch it out to 14, maybe even 15 months. Okay. Um, it was a little bit of trial and error at the beginning. And sure, so sure. We're, we're working through some things a little bit. But yes, it's about 14 months. It's 14 I, I, classes. Yeah, so they'll, they meet okay. every month for a week. Gotcha. And then... And yeah, and then they'll go home and study yeah. the material, come back, take the test, and then begin the next part of the. In in all of my uh, schooling, I have never seen an academic dean who's like, "Yeah, the curriculum's great. We've got it perfectly right. where we want it." Like they're always fiddling right. with it. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, yeah. But so, just give a, a sample yeah. of some of those classes. What are some of the things that they like cover through through that program? It's pretty big picture. Like um, Father Abraham is one of them. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament survey. There's uh, systematic theology, there's um, uh, the prophets. Um, 
So really trying to make, lay a good yeah, I'm trying to remember biblical make, foundation. Making biblical decisions. Right. Yeah. So right. there it's it's pretty broad, mm-hmm. but it's a great introduction, especially since a lot of these pastors have never had any kind of seminary training at right. all. So this is a great way to kind of introduce them to what that would look like. And hopefully some of the vocabulary and all the things like that too, because you and I both know there's a whole there's a whole vocabulary that goes along with that that you really kind of have to learn. Right. And so they, yeah. So we're hoping that this is kind of an introduction for them if they want to continue education past that. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So so you've mentioned Africa several times, and we're going to zoom in on that in just mm. a second because y'all were just there mm-hmm. on the ground, like literally. Had, y'all got back what? <laughs> two two t- weeks. Two weeks ago. Good Friday. Yeah. Good fr- yeah. Yeah, yeah, you tried to, you were like, Jonathan, you want to go on that trip? And I'm like, and get back on Good I Friday? Try. I know. John Mark, he was like, oh, yeah, John Mark would be so happy about that. Yeah. Right, especially with Brad on sabbatical. Right. And just like, John Mark, have fun by yourself. Mm-hmm. Holy week. You can do it. Um, oh, my word. But, um, but yeah, so we want to zoom in on that. But, but maybe just a, a broad picture, like kind of where all are, is Designs for Hope involved yeah. currently? Yeah, that's a great question. We focus on three different regions. Uh, We separate the world into these three different regions, but Latin America, which includes um, Central South America Mm -hmm. and and the Caribbean. Right. Uh, Then we have Africa, which would be all the countries in Africa, and then Asia, which which goes from Afghanistan all the way to Papua New Guinea, Mm -hmm. and then up and down from there. So um, we... We have directors of each of those, so we have some some men who are in charge of our of our partners in those different regions, and so they care for them. They um, they 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 get the heartbeat of what's going on through our partnerships, and then um, we come together and, and, and find ways to support um, support them in whatever needs they have, whether it be discipleship, um, training uh, projects, so on and so forth. But but. Um, yeah, so we we've been in 19 different countries since since we were created. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's zoom in uh, since we've got kind of like a big picture of Designs for Hope and the work that you do. Uh, let's zoom in on some specific examples through this most recent trip to to Africa. So, just where were you headed and for for what purpose? Is it into the degree that you can talk about it? Like, I know that there's right. there's some of it that you can't necessarily give details yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it was it was a two country trip. Uh, Shay and then another trainer went straight to Kenya uh, on the same day that that I flew out with two guys to Ethiopia, and um, and so we were separated for for a few days. We were vetting a new partner. Um, it was the final stages of the vetting process. So we spend a good amount of time um, defining the relationship with our new partners, making sure that we align that um that they're not heretical that there's true need that that they understand the relationship between african churches and the west there's a lot of issues that come along with um them seeing western churches as an atm machine and what can you give me and and that's not our role our role is to support what the local church is doing um and so we went it was a wonderful trip uh that organization uh, is ministering to um, to several different unreached people groups within uh, within Ethiopia. There's actually 35 unreached tribes still in in Ethiopia, and uh, they're focused on um, 
a pretty difficult to reach region of uh, of of Ethiopia that bleeds into um, Eritrea and bleeds into mm. Somalia as do, well. Do each of those tribes speak their own language? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, people always ask me, do you speak in another language? And I'm like, <laughs> which one would I pick? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like Uganda, for instance, I think there's 42 official languages and then a lot of other tribal languages. Mm. Uh, there are over 7,000 languages spoken around the world. Do, mi- do many of those countries where you have that many languages, do they have kind of like a lingua franca, like uh, a secondary language that kind of everybody has a general grasp on? Or um, Yeah, so... It, it, it really depends on your education level. Gotcha. So if you're if you're speaking of like very rural areas, sure, it's a tribal dialect that that they only speak that tribal right, dialect, and, sure. and they don't deviate outside of their community, outside of their outside of their people group, and so they'll only speak that that tribal language. Mm-hmm. Um, in in some places like Kenya or Uganda, they have. Um, they have a governmental language or okay. multiple governmental languages, and so people people would expect to to know Swahili, gotcha. but um, but if they're if they're in the middle of nowhere, which is a lot of the places we try to go, um, that's that's a difficult mm-hmm. uh, it's difficult to be able to have that that one language that right. everyone speaks. Right. So we rely heavily on our on our partners mm-hmm. uh, to be able to live in community, be in community, speak the language, understand the struggles, understand the culture. Cause it's not us coming in and changing the world. It's us coming alongside the local church that God has placed in every single mm-hmm. area of the world, um, to be able to, mm-hmm. to communicate the gospel in their native tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, so in Africa, I mean, in Ethiopia, uh, we, we're supporting church planters, who are going into some regions that um, that are ministering alongside Muslims, mm-hmm. alongside Ethiopian Orthodox Church, which is a big persecutor of Protestants mm-hmm. across Ethiopia. It's uh, it's probably this one of the largest persecutors of the church in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. and then as well as some traditional religions. Uh, so they're they're targeting um, those those aspects of their country for evangelism, mostly focusing in on, on some extreme Muslim areas. Mm-hmm. And so we're partnering with them. They're, they're um, planting underground indigenous churches, and we're walking alongside of those guys uh, to support that. We will uh, go along every, every year, twice a year, to do a, a missions conference for all of their uh, church planners to encourage them, to equip them, to teach them as well as identify projects that they can use um, in field, in context, to be able to communicate God's love through through the physical means so that they can share God's context in, in, in the verbal means as well. And so from Ethiopia, we, um, I, we flew straight into Nairobi, uh, met Shay, and immediately went to the northeast area of, of Kenya, where we have a partner who's working with Kenyan-born Somalis. Mm. So there's over 2 million Kenyan-born Somalis in Kenya, and, uh, and the ministry that we're partnering with in that region uh, targets uh, those guys um, with church planning, with evangelism, 
with um, with with physical care in order to communicate God's love. And so we were there to encourage them to see the area. Uh, it's the first time that we've ever been to this region, and um, and just to experience it with your own eyes, with your own heart, uh, and, and determine. You know what are they doing exactly? You can you can listen to the words, but until you set foot on the ground, you mm-hmm. see the people, uh, you feel the people uh, in your mm-hmm. heart, and uh, and you witness it, and only then can you I think can you really have real impact into what they're doing. And so that was most of the time we were there. We were we were in the northeastern part. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went to a project in the Kenyan Rift Valley where we did a really big water project in a community that um, you would have to walk five miles to get clean or to get water. It wasn't even clean. They would literally walk five miles and walk back in order to bring water to their home. And this was a daily occurrence for their entire lives. And we have uh, a, a big water project there at a church where people will come to the church to, to get water, uh, clean water, for the first time in their lives, and uh, we, we celebrated that and the success of that project that took a really long time. <laughs> it was a really hard project, mm. and then after that, we... Mm. Um, it was like five years, right? That was a five-year project. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that a well? <laughs> yeah. It was two wells. The first one that we drilled, 900 feet, uh, didn't have any water in it. Oh, man. That, <laughs> yeah, and, um, and then the second one... Uh, 850 feet. It has water, but the water's coming out at 150 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, wow. And normal, normal. What's, what's boiling point? 212. Yeah. Okay. The you could see the steam when the water's being pumped out. You could see the steam wow. coming off of it, and touching it is 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 painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did both of those. <laughs> um, you know, engineers have to have have to have that you know those metrics to be able to believe things (laughs) right um and so there was no pump that we could find in kenya that can pump hot water Mm. all most pumps are rated to below 100 degrees Mm. Uh, most water coming out of a well that deep is is cool it's like right it's really cool uh but this one wasn't and so we had to buy uh, a pump um special cabling that kids would stand the temperature and a controller from uh, a company in Oklahoma, and then ship it to Alabama, then ship it to Kenya, fight through customs in Mombasa, mm-hmm. finally get it over there, uh, wow. put it in the ground. And we're using 42 solar panels to pump the water out because um, because the water is so deep in the ground, mm. um, it requires a lot of power. It's a 10-horsepower motor um, attached to that pump that's pumping that water up Mm. it's pumped into a a hot liquid tank it's a concrete tank that we designed that can um, withstand the heat cool it down and then we 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 send it down to the church about 300 yards down uh, downhill to to a key water kiosk where when when the water's cool enough to to actually get and so from the water kiosk it's a 10,000 liter tank that the community can come and, and get water wow. for their families. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a five-year project because half of it was through COVID. 
and um, mm-hmm. and so we we had to make some pause right. on it. Mm-hmm. But um, the crazy thing about it, some of the the villagers were asking, "Why are we cursed mm-hmm. by God?" Mm-hmm. Just because you know they have no they have no water mm-hmm. in their community, the community where they were born, they didn't have a choice of of where they were born, um, and they they were asking real questions about about pain and suffering, right. and we're able to communicate God's love and, and, and listen, God never gives up. Um, we as humans can and often fail, but, but the beautiful part of that project, even though it took five years, it just, it, it reminded me of, of God always pursuing, always loving, always chasing, always, um, always being faithful to his word. And, uh, and, and it just, that, Celebrating that that project reminded me of God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. um, and and we celebrate that alongside of those guys. Mm-hmm. And so today, they're they're getting clean water, um, and the living water, right there at the church. The church, if there's five thousand people around the community, there's probably fifty people at the church. So a lot of people need to hear mm-hmm. about Jesus, mm-hmm. and so we're thankful for that church in the middle of the Rift Valley, in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. Kenya. Um, proclaiming mm. the good news of Jesus and, and being able to support that work. Mm. That's awesome. And then when Shay was in Kenya, when we were in Ethiopia, she was walking alongside mm. the the new class of pastors that will be training mm. this year. And so, yeah, I'm excited about that because the last class, I, I didn't meet them until they were graduating. And right. so now we get to meet them at the very beginning and kind of walk through this journey with them because I'm the one that gets everything back from them. I grade their tests, like I'm communicating with them you know, and, and so knowing them and being able to put the name with the face and all the things at the beginning is kind of cool. So, yeah. How, how many pastors in a class? So there's going to be around 30 in this class. Yes. And, and yeah, do they have to, so they come together like physically Mm -hmm. for the class. Mm -hmm. How far are they coming from sometimes? I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly, but that, but some of them weren't even able to come when we were there because it was it was too far for them to do it twice in one month. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah totally. And so I didn't get to meet all of them, but yeah, there's def- they're definitely coming from a long way off. For so sure. just kind of coming from all over there. Yes, area. Yeah. and even that area is kind of in the middle of nowhere too. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not like it's Nairobi. So, mm-hmm. um, but they're so hungry for so hungry for God's word yeah. that mm-hmm. they'll 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 they'll. They'll suffer to to be able to pay for public transportation just to get there yeah. and spend that time. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. beautiful to see mm-hmm. how much they love God's word and how, what they're willing to do to to get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was amazing. They, um, I don't know, we got to we got to talk about the curriculum, what that was going to look like as they were kind of going through the class, and then Richard and I both got to do some teaching with them, and then I have been. Um, learning about a storytelling ministry. And so we got to share with them about that a little bit because a lot of them are working in areas where there would be high literacy or oral cultures or whatever. And so we're looking at doing some of that with them as well, hopefully. And, and so it was amazing. It was good. What are maybe some, uh, I I don't know if y'all have like some specific stories uh, from the trip that might be some of your favorite moments or, or just Mm -hmm. different things like that. Well, one of my one of my favorite moments of the trip. It doesn't have to be like it. It can be <laughs> it can be like something that the Lord did, and so it doesn't have to be spiritual at all. Oh, this one wasn't spiritual. <laughs> Actually, it was spiritual in that um, 
It was like manna from heaven. I I got to eat camel meat for the first time whoa, whoa, ever. Wait, wait. Camel meat. Yep, wow. you heard me. I didn't know that people ate camels. Oh my gosh! I thought they were you, just like horses. You don't know what. Tra- you, of course, I know there are places in the world where people eat horses too. But you don't know what you're missing. I don't know what it's I'm amazing. Missing. Do you have a comparison? Like, <laughs> um, is it kind of like kind of like flank steak? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, and I have a friend who's a butcher locally, and I asked him this weekend if he can get me camel meat, and he said yes. Are you oh, kidding? Wow. No. Okay. All right. We're going to talk off air. Okay. <laughs> About how, how I'm, I'm, this is I'm, legal. This is a legal process. It is to totally get. legal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and so we're going to burger. yeah, we're gonna do some 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 Shay, did you try camel. the camel? I did. He he gave me a little bit of his. Yeah. I'm shocked that she actually tried it. I know. But you have the did. same opinion of the yeah, camel. I don't. I don't know if I love it the way Chris loves it, but it. Was, <laughs> but but I liked it a lot better than goat. Goat is uh, yeah. oh goats goats a rough go. Mm, it's, it's well, hard especially African goats. To eat, yes, oh. the harder the 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 harder the meat, the better. Usually in in Africa, <laughs> that's, never, that's their saying. Yeah. I never. Uh, this is just I'm just owning this. I'm a terrible flosser. I never floss. Mm. If I eat goat, I floss. Oh, you have to. You, you have yeah. to. You, yeah, it's not I, an I have. Uh, I love those floss sticks. Those plastic <laughs> floss sticks. And I take a whole pack with me when I go because yeah. it's the chicken, the, the chicken goat, the goat. Yeah. anything that that you're getting. For, there. for those who don't know, goat meat. Uh, imagine <laughs> the, the the best thing I had to compare it to was like a pot roast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. As far as it's kind of stringy, like like that, but it's much harder and dense. Mm-hmm. And dense, yeah. and and mm-hmm. so it is going to get caught between your teeth. The first time I had goat was in Haiti. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I was not prepared. <laughs> And I woke up the next morning with one of my gums like so yes. swollen yes. and yes. painful, and it was because there was mm-hmm. goat meat goat stuck meat, between yeah. my mm-hmm. teeth. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Let's get back to no, the camel. And so we had camel milk also, which, which is amazing. Like that was disgusting. I want <laughs> so bad. Oh no, so bad. it was not. It was uh, it was see, rich there. and creamy. Was, see, I wanna oh, yeah. I wanna go I wanna anyway. go somewhere. Where they feel the way you're feeling about camels, I want to yeah. go somewhere where they feel that way about the fact that we eat cows and drink cow milk. Yeah. I got you a place. Yeah. You got me a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they're like that is the grossest thing I've <laughs> yeah. ever heard of. Um, there's some. There's a world religion that believes that uh, the ultimate reincarnated being is is a is a cow. Is that not Hinduism? It is. Okay, and yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> we go like, to I a lot know of cows are sacred. Uh, we go to a lot of places where there's a, there's a lot of Hindus, and, right? Um, even it's weird because even some of the Christians, like one time we saw a cow inside of a of a store, yeah. And this the Christian that we were with at that moment, he said, "Yes, yeah, sometimes we ask the cow to leave our store, and they won't." <laughs> <laughs> it's true because you can't for like like. I've been in India before, yeah. and like if a cow's in the road, the cow's just in the road. Like, yeah, you're you not. Do. And if you hit, if you if you hit oh, one, oh yeah, man, you're coming back as a cockroach. <laughs> it's not. It's I not went, a good. It's not a good thing. Quick aside: uh, in India, we went to the market mm. one day, and of course, there's like no cow anywhere, mm-hmm. um, unless. It's like it's like you're dealing on the black market. Like if you want to get cow, you gotta like ask the right person. Mm-hmm. They tell you where to go, and it's it's uh it's a Muslim portion of the market. I was about to I was about to share a story about that. Yeah, yeah. but even then, it's hidden away, mm-hmm. like in this like mm-hmm. 
back like metal building. You got to. It's just it's just kind of funny. It was a whole yeah. Thing. Our our Hindu friends in India they they wear out their their cattle. It's beast of burden. Like they they work them they work them hard mm-hmm. and put them up wet. And when when it's their time, they sell them to Muslims. Mm. And the Muslims will take and and slaughter them, but mm. um, that's that's what they do. They don't let them die of natural age. Um, mm. They just they sell them to Muslims. Wow, wow. All right, we're gonna get this camel story. Yeah. I'm, I'm done interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the th- one our our partner, his name's John, who lives in this in this area in this community, and we got on a conversation last year about about camel meat, and I told him I would only come to to see him if he would feed me camel and he held true to his promise mm-hmm. and uh and sadly enough I only had it one time mm-hmm. um I'm ready to go back tomorrow so that I can I can continue that so journey So it's, it's cooked like a steak. Wow. It it was it was like cubed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh medium? it was medium rare, medium well. I think it was about medium well. Okay. It was dark, kind of mm-hmm. hard to see. It was still on the bone. A okay. little bit, okay. Uh, but it had a really good flavor, mm. and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't know if I enjoyed it so much because it was camel or not, <laughs> but I really did like. Like I don't love goat as much as as you think I would, just because I always have goat. But um, I really like the camel. I'm gonna have to try this. I've never had camel. Um, we'll have a party. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I finally found some some people who are like my people, Shay, oh, and so good. yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Good. We're gonna we're gonna have some camel. Mm-hmm. Any any other stories you'd like to share uh, from the trip? Another one, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, one of the areas that uh, our ministry is is trying to to get into, um, there is a a Somali gentleman who's willing to sell them some property. Okay. And it's in a it's in a town that's that's outside of of their of their community um and the town the name of the town in somali is testicle <laughs> why do you ask i feel like I'm is the name right <laughs> is the name of the town testicle I don't well know there know. when the somalis <laughs> crossed the border into kenya um uh-huh. they had to have a place to live right and so there was a another local um, Kenyan tribe who had some land that that I guess they wanted, and so there a battle um, set forth between this local tribe I and not have good feelings about and that. the Somalis, <laughs> and um, and after after a little bit of battling, the Somalis castrated the Kenyan the men in the Kenyan oh. tribe, um, and and hung their testicles in a tree wow. in the center of town. And so the name of the town, even even the the six year old Somalis who live in this town know that the town is called Testicle. Yeah. And and so that's the name of the town. It's called it's wow. called that name because of what they did to their enemies. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Somalis and and just their history or, or their you know if if you stereotype a Somali, you think of Somali pirates. You think of like they're. You know, they're not the nicest people. They're not known as the nicest people, right? But they're created in the image of God, right? And so 
if they're creating the image of God, they're just they're blinded by the enemy. They mm-hmm. they can't see because their eyes haven't been open to the gospel. They haven't heard the gospel. They haven't had the opportunity to to be set free from the bondage and the sin that is 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 holding them captive. And how are they going to see unless someone goes? Mm-hmm. And and how are they going to hear unless someone preaches? Mm-hmm. And how is that going to happen unless the church says, you know what, in spite of this veneer that they have, in, in spite of um, this tradition of, of violence, we're, we're in spite of that, we're going in to communicate the good news because it really is good news. Mm-hmm. And it's really, you know, the gospel is the, the power of salvation to mm-hmm. all who believe. Mm-hmm. And we truly believe that. And as a ministry, we're partnering in really dangerous places. We're partnering in places where the gospel is, um, is not welcomed mm-hmm. because the enemy wants to keep people blind. Right. The enemy wants... Um, he, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus has come to set the captive mm-hmm. free. And um, we are committed as a ministry to go into these places to serve missionaries and church planners and, and the church who is, um, is, is by faith stepping forward and, and communicating the good news. And, and we want to be a part of that. And we feel like like what Paul said, he, he doesn't want to go to places that are already reached. He wants to go places that they've never heard the gospel. Right. And that's the heartbeat of our ministry as well. And so we are we are wholeheartedly behind ministries who, who go into places where you could be killed, you could be thrown in prison for communicating the gospel. And if we, if we drill a well, which we're planning on doing um, in, in, in testicle, we're drilling a well— <laughs> So that, so that the Somali people who are we're gonna going, get, we're going to get an explicit label on this episode. <laughs> Sorry, for my teens. It's just um, anatomy. Right. It's anatomy. I know. Um, <laughs> they're going to the river and pulling out water. They're going to a ditch on literally a ditch on the side of the road when it rains and filling up water jugs to take home. If we can go and and provide them with clean, safe water where their children aren't dying, mm-hmm. where they're where the men and the women aren't constantly sick due to a waterborne illness, um, then that opens up an opportunity to to love them in a way that they've never been loved, and to point them to the one who loves them. And mm-hmm. so um, that's why we're in those places. And 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 some people get scared, um, but man, Jesus is worth it. Yeah. And and they're worth it. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I feel like that's the first place we've gone to where I felt like we just needed to stay together and, and mm. be aware of surroundings a little bit and just not go too far off from the church or, or our people. So, um, but you'll love this. When we were there, we, so they had invited lo- other pastors and missionaries in that area to come. It was like a two-day thing, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Sunday was a nine-hour church hmm. service. Nine <laughs> hours, y'all. That's right, Shades. You heard it. <laughs> nine hours. I don't want to hear any complaints about 15 minutes uh, over. Yeah, uh, I think I think we had like a 45-minute lunch or something in between, and then we just mm-hmm. kept right That's on. That's what's up. Scrolling. Yeah, just, and uh, I, yeah, I thought about you, actually. I thought you would have loved it. But um, Not only was it nine hours, yeah. the the... The temperature in the church building got up to 126 Ooh, degrees. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was, it was long brutal. and you hot. had church in a sauna. We did. Yeah. Worse. <laughs> oh like I think the first layer of of Hades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real. And and when we went to dinner where he got the camel, the pastor's wife was talking with us and she said, "I'm just so glad that y'all came this week instead of last week cuz this week has been so much cooler and nicer <laughs> than the week before." And we were like, "What?" Oh my goodness. What? How? What? You're really selling me hard so, on joining you. Right? On so listen, Shades, we are going back. Yeah. We're going to be um, we're going to be working outside, drilling some water projects, <laughs> and in this area, uh, we're going to be serving this church. So if any any manly men and um, and strong willed women want to come and be a part of that, we we're going and we're serving these people. So we would welcome you if uh, if wow. you feel like. That's somewhere you want to go, and God is God is calling you to mm-hmm. to reach some really hard people. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out, um, reach out to the leadership mm-hmm. here in this room right now, and 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 get plugged into that. So we welcome you if if that's somewhere you want to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a great segue into one of the last things we want to talk about, which is how people can partner with Designs for Hope and be involved. But before we do that, <laughs> and continue down the the serious path of things that are really important matter. Uh, before that, we want to pause and do something that's not so serious and that really doesn't matter. And that is, Chris, buckle up, because we're going to put you through a lightning round. Nice. That's right. Bond. Chris Bond. It's the lightning round. Shay has survived this before. Right. So, so we're going to leave her out of this. <laughs> All right. How do you like your eggs? Um, I like my eggs fried with a little bit of run. Okay. How, how do you like your coffee? Black. What's your favorite Bond movie? <laughs> Goldfinger. I feel like that's necessary. Like, if we didn't ask sure. that, someone was going to be upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. And who's your favorite Bond? Oh, man. Um, Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Really? All okay. right. Uh, if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, yes. where would you go? Australia. And uh, my my number one bucket list item is to cage dive with great white sharks. Wow! And um, no, I would not, go not wow. not, ca- not cageless. Well, I want to go cageless with, go with other away. sharks, uh, but not great whites. I've seen I've seen um, seen too many seen too many shark week movies. But um, yeah. but the the more dangerous the animal, uh, the more excited I am to meet them. Um, but yeah, cage diving with great whites in Australia. Would be sounds amazing. Be high on my list. You know, there was recently a great white that was caught off the Gulf Coast here in uh, Orange mm-hmm. Beach recently, which mm-hmm. was pretty wild. And I also recently just canceled my Orange <laughs> Beach reservations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've traveled a whole lot. Uh, how many miles do you think you've you've traveled? If you could just kind of guesstimate here, um, man, between three million and five million miles. Wow. Um, you have a good Sky Miles program. Yes, <laughs> with Delta. I do. Who, who are you? It's with? Uh, Qatar Airlines. Know. Qatar. Okay. Yeah, and they get mad at me because oh, it's ridiculous. they treat me like you're royalty. like the medallion member. You're like the top oh, of the. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and yeah, y'all should see it. He's the, he's in his chair, and the the stewardess would come up. Mr. Bond, are you? Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, Is there anything you need? Can perfect. we get you anything? Yes. We're yeah. like, are you kidding me? Right I get now? to pre-order yeah. my meals. He does. He gets Just so everything. much special. Treatment. The lounges in the yeah. Qatar. Air- Airport are amazing. 
they've got the best bidets in the world oh, as well. Wow. If, if you're into wow. bidets, I, I may or may not. Yeah. have a bidet at my house. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, favorite airport, least favorite mm. airport. Oh, um, I'm gonna go with with Doha being my favorite, just because you're they gonna treat- have to expand. I have no idea yeah. where that is. Yep. Middle East. Okay. okay. So Persian Gulf, right? Um, and it's a uh, it's it's a small little peninsula country, um, and then Iraq is it's surrounded by Iraq. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So least favorite airport. Um, the rest of right them. now, <laughs> right now it would have to be Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Um, we were heading to Nicaragua, um, last month and, and they canceled our trip. I love that. It's yeah. right now. That's right. I thought you were just going to say <laughs> Atlanta. Yeah. Just Atlanta. Well, I'll, Atlanta's Atlanta is my jumping point and right, so right it's uh it's kind of important to me so i'm not gonna throw away my 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 illegitimate stepchild <laughs> what was your favorite toy growing up um my tricycle i used to want to be the fawns uh, from happy days yeah, yeah yeah and i'd jump on my tricycle and pretend like i was fonzie <laughs> leather jacket mm. on the <laughs> tricycle um yeah i don't think i had a leather jacket <laughs> okay um there's a movie being made about your life, a biopic. Uh, what actor would you choose to play you in your movie about your life? Oh man, I don't know much about actors. Who do you, who mm. you would you say, Shay? Who would be a good me? Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know somebody that's done a lot of action movies for sure. You like, think so? Yeah, 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 for mm. sure. Yeah. Um. I, I kind of Matthew McConaughey comes oh, yeah, to yeah. mind. Yeah, okay. he's kind of cool, okay. like me. Yeah. That'd be fun. And yeah. from Texas, <laughs> that's right. Because I knew you were going to throw that there in there. I wasn't going to say anything. Where are you from yeah, yeah. in Texas? Yeah, uh, I was born in a place called Lufkin, East Texas. I lived in a couple of different places around East Texas, okay. uh, kind of close to Houston. Uh. God's country. Yep. And it he is. brings it up whenever he can. To, I mean, to, to I'm not going to mention the fact that I was born in Paris, Texas. Oh, That's where goodness. my mom was born. There you go. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. McQuistian Hospital. <laughs> All right, we've established that you've eaten camel meat and had camel milk. <laughs> what is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? I've eaten ox testicles. Oh, okay. Yeah. How was that? Again. I'm done. I'm yeah. Out. How was that? <laughs> That's like Fear Factor stuff. Uh, yeah. That was that was an enjoyable experience. It was not an enjoyable experience. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was there for that croc- one too, and he tried to get me to eat. We've that. We've had crocodile. Um, how, how do they co- like? How do they cook and prepare so ox testicles? Um, John <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> I want to know. I didn't. I didn't ask. Um, <laughs> but probably like roasted or something like that i don't know <laughs> but it was not yeah I, I think it was just the knowledge of what you're eating you're not allowed to ask anything else <laughs> but <laughs> next thing he's gonna like, be like is it was hey, it chewy in, was it? in paris texas they eat a lot of mountain oysters so um uh-huh. you, you know that your heritage embraces that too so just embrace it right wow. right okay well you're from texas so what's the best barbecue you've ever had my own all right. Yeah. I like it. My own. Yeah. I, I, I like make a confidence. mean. I make a mean brisket. I was about okay. to say, Fantastic. have you ever found brisket outside of Texas that was okay? Yeah. I can't find any here. What can I eat here? Um, have you ever been to Martin's? Oh, Martin's is good. They've Whole got. Hog. They've I, got good. They've I will got go good order their brisket. Let's go together. 
Okay. So oh, we can enjoy it together. Let's good. do it. John Mark, you want to come with us? I'd love to. Right. I love that place. Longest <laughs> game portion of an ox is involved. <laughs> All right. Well, we on, the, on the subject of food, you're hosting a dinner party. You can have three guests, uh, anyone throughout history, dead or alive. Let's exclude the Bible. Um, so mm-hmm. anyone dead or alive throughout history, three guests. Who are you having over? Okay. Luther, Calvin, mm-hmm. and I think Bonhoeffer. Wow, yeah. <laughs> it's it's he's thought about all of these yeah, he, things, yeah, he apparently. Knew. Yes. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> but, um, man, they've, they've got some good writing. They've got uh, – I just – I love the Protestant Reformation and and the – the umption that those guys had to to break status quo uh, and be true to the word of God and how God moved through just ordinary men who are just willing to risk it all um, for His glory and for His truth. And so those guys, um, those guys stand up tall as pillars uh, in in my faith journey. And then Bonhoeffer and just the struggles that that he had in in adversity. Um, and just the wrestling he had between, um, you know, what he felt like he needed to do. Uh, those guys are those guys are top notch in my opinion. I concur. All right, nice. Jonathan, you have any other questions? Uh, favorite Lord of the Rings character? I've never watched. I'm done. <laughs> I don't think Jonathan's going to oh, go goodness. to Martin's with you now. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> that was it. Um, I mean, I'll still go. What's the What's the main guy? <laughs> Which um, one? <laughs> Just say Gandalf. Okay, Gandalf. Gandalf. Yeah. Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just so sad. It, um, <laughs> are you a Christian? <laughs> I think so. Jesus says I am. <laughs> I'm usually praying and not watching movies. I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> you do know that these are books, right? You know these are books. Uh, I'm usually reading my Bible and not reading other books. Come on. Wow. <laughs> Well, apparently nice. he's reading Luther yeah. and uh, Calvin oh, and Bonhoeffer. Yeah. That's true. You got me there. So, those guys didn't write the Bible. Uh. <laughs> anyway, how many hours of sleep do you need a night? Uh, I need more than I get. I usually get about five and a half. Can um, you do a cartwheel? Not a good one, but yes. Final question. What's the most beautiful place you've ever been? Ooh. Man, um, you stopped me. Um, yes, yes. I'm. Oh, oh, oh. So, um, I would have to say Eleuthera, which is an out island of the Bahamas. Um, okay. It was. It was pretty stunning. How do you spell that? E l e u t h e r a. Eleuthera. We have to look them up. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much. Great job. You survived. I thought it was going to be more challenging than that. Oh, we had a lot of fun. (laughs) But it was awesome. Thank you. How how many ways can I be offended? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know why anyone would want to get involved with you after this. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, seriously. With all the work that Designs for Hope does, uh, what are different ways that people can get involved? Man, that's a great question. Um, we love serving alongside the church. And so we are a partner-driven ministry. Everything that we do is through partnership. Um, partnership includes both 
the local church here in North America and the local church across the world. Uh, and so we love to be a vessel for the local church to serve as uh, in global missions and international missions. And so um, some people might want to go. Some people might want to experience what it's like in a cross-cultural context to get their hands dirty, to, to hug necks, to interact with, um, with believers across the world. There's nothing better to me then when your heart connects and when your soul connects with with your brothers and sisters in a global context and and you love them so deeply just because you have that shared connection through the Holy Spirit um, if, if that's something you want to be a part of uh, we have we have opportunities to, to jump on board and go um, we uh, as a ministry do a lot of projects um, with our partners they're so much need that exists in the world and um and that takes financial resources and so if um if serving the global church through meeting physical needs is something that you get excited about uh, we have ways for you to be a part of that whether you are a monthly donor to designs for hope through our, our tribe uh, monthly donor program or you're giving to a specific project if there's a country that you really have a passion about and want to give to a specific project, we can we can connect you there. Um, but but giving is a way that you're serving the Lord um, with your resources and um, and serving the global church. And so it's not it's not for us, but uh, we are we we'd be happy to be a vessel uh, that provides those resources to to making a global impact. Um, always remember us in your prayers. Uh, remember our partners in your prayers. Again, we target areas that um, that's really difficult, and because of that, they they really struggle. Like it's it's a real struggle to work in hard soil. So if you are a gardener and there's no water, then it's really hard to grow a crop, right? And mm-hmm. so um, we cultivate, we plant, and God provides the water and the growth mm-hmm. and um, and he does that through the prayers of his church, and, and we would love for you to be a prayer warrior, uh, not only for us and what we do, but for our partners, especially those in unreached areas. And, um, and, and there are other ways to volunteer with us as well. If you have a technical mindset and, and want to get involved with, with different projects, um, we'd, love to, we'd love to find out how you might be, be able to do that. Um, but we also have other ways that are non-technical to be a part of our ministry. So reach out to Shay um, if you want to get involved or if you want to know more uh, or find out more. We'd love to um, sit down and drink a good cup of coffee with you and share more about what the Lord's doing through the ministry. We would be honored uh, to do that with you. So if people want to reach out to get more information about any of those things or to connect with you directly, is the best way just through the website? Yeah. Um, our website has a contact page, and you can go straight on to that and, and send us a message. We've, our phone number is on there as well. Uh, my email is chris, C-H-R-I-S, at designsforhope.org. Shay's is Shay at designsforhope.org. Um, those are really good ways to, to reach out. I was really hoping your email was going to be bond, Chris Bond. <laughs> Not, no. I, I try not to keep my whole name on there <laughs> to protect the locals. 
Oh, man. So, but y'all's website is, you said, designsforhope.org. Dot org. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, thank you all so much mm-hmm. just for coming and it's been a blast sharing with us about this i mean i've enjoyed 90 percent of it <laughs> <laughs> i'm still still a little broken up about lord of the rings um no i'm just kidding but uh but seriously thank you all for taking time out of your day for coming and for sharing and we are just so thankful um as a church to be able to partner with designs for hope and just for all the work that y'all are doing and uh and i do hope uh to get to be on the ground mm-hmm. with y'all personally, eventually, yes, uh, not on Holy Week. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we would love that. Yeah, yeah, right. we love training and teaching pastors, yeah. and we're looking for people who love to train and teach pastors, mm-hmm. and and that's what I hear that you're really good at. So come on, man, I, man, I it's it's one of the things that I would love to do. I've gotten a little bit of opportunity to do it um, in a. Uh, overseas context, and I would just—I'd love to do that more and more. It's just—it's just a total blast. There's there's nothing more fun, I think, for uh, a preacher and a teacher than to be with people who are just hungry. Yes. Yes. To to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and truly. Yeah, and and then to to be in that context too, where uh, you're just getting to fellowship with those brothers and sisters Aww. from around the world, and. Uh, pour into them mm-hmm. I don't know it's mm-hmm. just there's just something special about it but thank you all so much for the work that you do thanks for inviting for the, us the it's, time it's been fun me. thank you it's awesome well if you have any questions about Designs for Hope uh, obviously you can reach out to them directly through uh, the website uh, of course we have an on the ground resource here uh, through Shay so you can talk to Shay on any given Sunday or you can email us here midweek at shadesvalley.org because remember in Shades Midweek you're part of the conversation.